Hello and welcome to the next class. I'm Rob Birdsell, your host, and as always, joined by my co-host, Tom. Looks like you're in the audience Hi. today. I am, absolutely. Good to see you, Rob. Good. And welcome, Don Shelby, to the next class. Thanks very, very much, Rob and Tom. So for our listeners, Don and I got to know each other um, many years ago when he was at the Gates Foundation and I was at Crease Ray and their generous support really launched Crease Ray after BJ Kasson made the first big investment, but then the Gates Foundation took it to a whole new level and so worked with Don and a bunch of, of his colleagues at the Gates Foundation. But I'd say, Don, we actually really got to know each other at the Aspen Institute when we were fortunate to do the Pahara Fellowship. We, we did we did indeed, uh, Rob, and we, uh, while we didn't grow up in the same community or the same city or the same part of the country, our, uh, our passion for Catholic education has been around uh, forever with both of us. Yes, no, it's true. It's clear looking at the Crystal Ray works. I mean, thank you both because uh, I'm on the other side working on the diocesan side uh, for many years. And what a gift to American Catholic education was and is Crystal Ray Network. So thank you both. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Rob, for that. Sure, sure. Thank and you, um, and uh, to our listeners, Don and I had a reunion uh, about two, three weeks ago at a, at a new uh, retreat center for uh, innovators in education. And uh, we had about eight or nine of our, our cohort. And Don, I, I just so enjoyed that time with, with, our, with our friends. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. I mean, what matters so much uh, is the opportunity for any of us to have a good friends and good friends in the same uh, in, in the same sector that we are in. So it's fabulous. Yeah, no, it, it was a great time, and uh, uh, hope we get to do it again next year. But let's jump into it. So, Don, uh, since leaving the Gates Foundation a couple of years ago, what, what have you been up to? Yeah, well, it uh, I I have moved back home full time in the Central Valley of California, which of course is uh is not my home like i grew up in philly as a long time philly uh citizen sports fan catholic grade school catholic high school catholic college and then eventually found my way west uh to uh to california uh, right right after the summer of love so i don't tell you how long ago it was <laughs> but i uh I love uh, the Central Valley of California. And so after 11 years as the deputy director for K-12 uh, in U.S., I was happy to be home with my wife and our kids and our first granddaughter at our farm with way too many horses and cattle. <laughs> That's excellent. But, but you're, you're, uh, you've got a new project that um, that you and I have talked a bit about and you've Taking some of the lessons, speaking of Christa Ray from, can you share with our listeners what your um, what your your project is that you've been working on recently? Yeah, really happy to do it and happy to talk about how uh, I'm attempting to have this happen in the uh, in the Catholic sector as well. So we call the organization San Joaquin A Plus, but of the of the five focus points for us. Uh, the one that we are really interested in is early college high schools 
where youngsters will graduate from high school as well as either getting an AA or an AS while still in high school. They will also get uh, a certification that matters in an industry in the area by the local employers and students will earn and learn. Very similar to Christo Ray. Yeah. Except that this is heavily focused on a particular region and a particular focus area like health, education, or agriculture. Interesting. Huh. Oh, that's a neat that's a that's a neat project. Yeah. Well I yeah. I think it is, and you are earning and learning while in high school. And particularly in this area where employers really need youth earlier. Yes. You know, that's interesting, Don. I was just in France, in the north of France, and visited a traditional college prep high school, and then a um, more of a career high school. Um, and what I found, which included internships, which helped pay, uh somewhat i mean a little bit of funding to the the families what was interesting was the english level of the students who were not going on to full university was way higher than the level of those in the college prep because they had been out working and some of them in trades and some of them more in business and engineering yeah. but and they were the same age but but not right um, they were a little more mature because they were they were being prepared clearly for imminent employment and work. It was very interesting. Um, yeah, this is really good. Like you've talked about um, the language. Let me tell you the one difference I can say that we're watching in the early stages of this work are the youth who are involved in these schools in health and ag right away is those youngsters have social capital that others yep. don't have. Yep. Because when the local employer loves having a youngster from high school that is doing this work now, they get that benefit from the social capital that an employer gives them. Yep, yep. Ah, that's a, that's a, good, uh, a good point. So, but Don, let's just just switch it just a little bit. You know, we we Rob and I have spent much of our careers working in Catholic schools, and we know you have experience. But Catholic schools face challenges today. Can you, with your experience, can you just think of, of two or three things that Catholic schools could do now, immediately in this day mm -hmm. and age, so they could improve their outcomes? And also, there's a lot of financial challenges. Maybe their financial uh, outcomes as well. What what ideas do you have for Catholic schools? Yeah, well, uh, obviously, Tom, you know that I can see that, at least in California, that comprehensive Catholic high schools yep. should create a second partnership right on the campus to create a public charter on the very same campus where you now will have a public school and a Catholic school that work in partnership without directly formally with, with one another. So 
think about the idea like Cornell University. So yeah. we think that Cornell University in New York is one school, it's two schools. It's the public school and it's a private school on the same campus. Yeah. That work together. So you when think you we think can make that work, work you, we can make can that make work that in work. California. You can make that work in California. Yes, it's done. And let me see. Okay. Let me share a little bit about the early stages we're having with St. Mary's High School in Stockton, where okay. the early conversation, so St. Mary's is very proud of its athletic program, as they should be. But we also have to honestly say that they're, they don't have as many youngsters as they have space. They could create right. from the side a totally different organization that puts a public charter school on the same campus. And that early college high school could create a sports leadership and management program while in high school where the two schools can work together. That's interesting. That, yep. that, could, that could be totally significant for sure. The other thing I would say is the way in which staffing can be done in Catholic high schools and Catholic elementary schools that are a whole new model that's going to grow more staff, more faculty, and more long-staying play for the talent in the Catholic education sector. Huh. I, okay. We're, we're going to get a lot of comments on that, Rob, just in terms <laughs> of like, how does that practically work? Because that's, um, I mean, this issue of, of uh, you know, equitable access to resources and sharing resources and creating something new that at the same time respects, you know, the, the, um, the separations that the country's founded on is, is, uh, oh, you got me thinking there, Don. You, you can totally do it, Tom. And, and, yeah, you, yeah. and you can do it in states that don't have all of the current options that yeah. Arizona or Florida or others have. Like it is, yeah. it is doable. And um, not only is it doable, it's valuable and important. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So for our listeners, if you're interested in this, reach out to me and or Tom and, and love to continue the discussion of Don's idea of a charter school on a Catholic school, which Don, what I think is interesting is it's not, you know, there are a lot of charter schools with a wraparound, you know, the afternoon, like Brilla Academy. Uh, yep. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's one idea. Uh, this is interesting because you've still, you've got a Catholic school with capacity, open a charter on campus. We've, uh, Tom and I've had some discussions of actually opening a true, authentic Catholic charter school. Uh, there's one superintendent in Florida in particular that Tom and I know that have, they, they're actually going down the path down of a Catholic charter. Yes. Yeah, that's a yes, tough one you, to do. You can do it in Florida. You can't do it in California. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't have two separate institutions, two separate boards, on the same physical location. Right. Because but we again, have property. We the, right. we are not lacking property. Exactly. Sometimes it's in the wrong place. We have lots yeah. of property, and we're very good at never selling it, which is very good. Um, 
you know, Don, I, I was involved in Washington, D.C. in 2006 and seven, where, to be frank, we unfortunately had too many school buildings. So we leased them to charters and we oh. used the revenue to provide scholarships for low income kids to go to Catholic school. Um, you are you are spot on, Tom. And I, as the founder of Aspire Public Schools, have six Aspire campuses on Catholic campus. On, right, on right. Catholic right, 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 right. It's all a little bit different. So I, I apologize for what I'm about to say, but we we have uh, at Aspire, we have Catholic sites in Oakland, in Sacramento, in Stockton, and in Los Angeles. And I would tell you that each individual sector was different about how it got figured out. For example, in Sacramento, the Cardinal was in charge. Yep. About that. Yep. But in Oakland, the local pastors yeah, right. were in yeah, charge. Yeah, yeah. Because the local pastors had the flexibility because they committed to the um, <laughs> that, that would have that would have made you work you, for your uh, work for your space there. Uh, we we that's centralized exactly, everything that's in exactly Washington. Right. It's like Come on, Tom. In some cases, you had to work with the pastor, <laughs> and in other, yep. you know, you you work with the bishop. Yep, we had. To, yep, yep. I can I can only imagine that was some fun meetings. Uh, so, yep, that's great. Well, some were great. Some were great, and some <laughs> went fast. So, Don, we we've talked a lot about your experience in Catholic education. You were educated all the way through college. With the brothers, the Jesuits, um, your son and daughter went to Catholic schools, uh, your daughter through high school, your son through college. Uh, I've got to ask, why did you spend your entire career in public education and not Catholic education? Because you clearly, yeah, I, you know, I, long time, you are, you're a believer, like your kids went there, you went there. So why, I, and you're a passionate educator. Yeah, so, so let me tell you what I thought was the one main reason. So let's let's just put this in reality, uh, uh, Tom and Rob. I started my career in education was 1966. So it wasn't yesterday. <laughs> right. and, and, what, and what I would say is throughout my entire time, that includes three cousins who are nuns, three other uh, cousins who taught in Catholic schools. The Catholic school system was more afraid of innovation. And I yeah. think you have to be more innovative. And obviously, Krista Ray is, is exactly that. Like very few opportunities in Catholic education is there. And we need we need more opportunity to do the uncommon thing uncommonly well. So any opportunity, there is a chance to do that even today, even today for me at age 78. I love working with Catholic schools, but I want something innovative. Yep. So, um, John, the uh, the Jesuits a few years ago, uh, Father General, the head of the Jesuits globally, met with his secretary of secondary education, good friend of mine, Father Mesa, 
And he said, we need to create a new model of Jesuit education. And he said exactly what you said to, to Father Mason. He said, we need to innovate to stay relevant. So there is work yeah. being done on a new model of a Jesuit school. It's it's very early, but yeah, uh, but yeah. Need but there's a difference. The, there's a difference between Don. You you didn't. I mean, okay, we're not very innovative in Catholic schools. You gave some examples where, but you said we're afraid to innovate. That's a little different. That actually worries me a little yeah. more. Um, yeah, I I I would say ninety percent of Catholic education is afraid to be innovative because they think that innovation means it takes away from the values and that's not true. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I hear you there. Um, well, on that statement, let's take a pause and hear a message from our sponsor. Catholic Virtual is the trusted online education partner of Catholic schools worldwide. We develop customized online learning solutions to meet the needs of our partner schools and their students. Visit our website at www.catholicvirtual.com to learn more. Now back to the episode. So, um, I mean, the other thing we always say, Don, is, uh, well, okay, an excuse I've given myself is it's hard to innovate when we don't have funding and we don't have access to public funding for education that comes from everybody. What are your thoughts on on um, uh, you know school choice initiatives and increasing public funding programs like vouchers, tax credits. What's your thinking on that? I'm a total big fan of doing it. I okay. E even here in California, where it's so unlikely, I say it anyway. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. I mean, that's uh, I'm 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 a fan, and we've seen the the the, the fruit of such programs. Uh, in states where it's permit, um, allowed, um, yeah, okay, okay. I, I mean, look, even in a place where it's difficult to get done in California, you got to keep talking about it. Yeah. Because if you don't talk about it, it's it's going to happen less likely. Yeah. If you if you don't talk about it, you're guaranteed it's not going to happen. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, that um, that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's sort of like. You know, not not to not to talk about uh, any great college basketball team, primarily Gonzaga and Villanova. I mean, let's be serious. <laughs> like what they what they know is they're not going to hit any shot they don't take. They might as well <laughs> yeah. talk about. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, John, shifting yeah. back to our time at the Para Institute, um, coming out of that fellowship. Uh, that we did, we we all had to make a commitment and a project, and you were instrumental in, in getting me to launch the Drexel Fund, if you remember coming out of that, and they've raised yes. close to $80 million for uh, expanding schools, serving low-income kids on vouchers and tax credits, so you should get some credit for, I still remember we're on a bus to a yurt in Park City, and I think you and I sat next to each other, and you were kind of like, you got to do this, Rob, and I was like, <laughs> I guess I got to do this, and that... <laughs> That then pushed it into to more than just an idea. But but your That's project great. was different. I remember you making a commitment and, and wanting to be a mentor for young leaders in education, especially around innovation and reform. Tell us tell us how that's gone since we finished eight or nine years ago. 
Yeah, it's really been, uh, it's really been helpful for me personally. I mean, the very idea that the longer you've been in this space is the one reality that you understand that your experience matters. But your experience only matters if you're sharing it with someone else who cares. So for example, I've got now over 70 individuals who are primarily between 24 and 35, primarily diverse. And those individuals are across the country who want to at least have ideas they can try out on. So it's been a great group. And literally what I can tell wow. you, it's, it's much like, it's much like, you know, it's much like me being younger because I have a grandchild. Yeah. The older you are, the more valuable you, you, uh, you see about young people who are trying things out. So I love this for me. You said 70, 70 people you're mentoring. 70. Yeah, 70 individuals. Happy to send you that list. They're, they're all over. But part of that is because, as you, as you know, Rob, I, uh, you know, I, I was uh, at the Gates Foundation for 11 years. So you met a lot of people. Yeah. And I will also say, you know, I sit as a region at the University of Pacific. So there are a good 26 youth in education at the University of Pacific. And how often do you meet with them, Don? So uh, it's any anywhere in small groups once a month to twice a month to quarterly. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. they can bounce ideas yeah. off you and get feedback. Yeah, I get great. I, it's terrific feedback. And, and you know, I can I can share a bunch of interesting things where individuals feel connected, including interesting ideas that say, like we we are talking about the role that the Broadway musical plays as learning, and what are the lyrics that are coming out of the Broadway musical that help kids grow up as they're getting better with that uniqueness. And Tom, I will tell you, Don's uh, knowledge of music blows me away every time wow. I hear He's quoting some song or he's got something that is spot on. Like, wow. From, from, from opera, yeah. from well, plays. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking of my daughter and, you know, knowing every word to Hamilton, right? And the learning that happened when she she got to go which was a great privilege you know for yes. her and she just learned a ton and um you know and was singing it forever and um uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no it's to it's totally right i mean we have missed out the value that broadway musicals whether it's today's hamilton or it's previous days as south pacific the learning right. is there yeah <laughs> that's yeah 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 that's great so let's let's broaden it out just a little bit don and in terms of not just catholic schools but can you just share with us one one innovation in education that um now we've well, mentioned a few but one that really gets you excited something on the horizon some innovation that you see 
that excites you in education in general? So obviously, I think in the in the biggest play of this is the blurred lines that early college high schools do, where youngsters can earn and learn and advance their post-secondary while still in high school. It's critical, yeah. absolutely critical. And look, Christo Ray has done this, and and they they have they have solved their challenge by the way they've done their model. And now there are more about more opportunities to do that in public school and in Catholic school for for sure. The other piece on this is anytime you can re-innovate the things that we tend to think are are solid and you can't change it. And what I would say is calendar matters a ton and space arrives a ton. And usually typical schools don't think about those two things as as having flexibility when you can have those kinds of flexibilities. For example, and, and I will give the Catholic high schools in the Bay Area of California and say one of the most innovative things they have done for a long period of time is that they did two-week sectors three times a year where it was off the formal instruction and more the informal instruction where high school kids came together across three or four different high schools who were working on, on new things for two weeks that were a different kind of experience and set of learnings they could do that made them different. So time and space is really different. And you can do more of it these days. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, so we, that, what we see, Tom, I think you, you see it, is what goes on in most schools, both Catholic and public schools, is the, the ends are different. Right. And the process is the same. Yeah. Better to change the process to have similarities at the end. Interesting. Yep. That's a different way of looking at it. Yeah. So, Dan, um, let's come back as we wind down here to, to you. And, um, you know, most people your age, you've, you've not been shy about your career and, and the amazing work you've done. You know, they're, they're retired and living on the golf course. But um, when you and I were together a couple weeks ago, you listed like three or four more jobs you want to have. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I've got friends of mine talking about retirement and here you're talking about three or four more jobs you want to have. I mean, it's like a radio announcer for the semi-pro baseball team. I mean, this is, this is real stuff. So, that, like, that, is, that is exactly right, Rob. I mean, I, uh, I, so, you know, I, I had a couple of uh, college summers where I did DJ work and love doing it. Fun. Radio show and just play the music I love for the few of us who are still this age and want to hear it. So I definitely want to do that. I do. I do some. Uh, I I want to do some 
some work at uh, the Stockton Ports uh, minor team and be out there and do it. And uh-huh. It's just terrific. And look, I, I, I think this is how you get better. You try new things. Yeah. But Don, what, what gives you that, again, you know, most guys your age are retired on the golf course and you're, you're walking, you're talking about new things and, and plus your work at, at, uh, at San Joaquin plus like you're not stopping. I mean, I've gotten more invites from you than I do from some of my colleagues about meetings. I'm like, I can't do that down. I can't, you know, <laughs> what, what, what gives you your drive? Well, I'm an optimistic guy. And yep. the more young people you meet who excite you, they keep you energized. And they want you to bring your experience. And they want to do the legwork on it. I mean, that's yeah. the thing that's so valuable. The more young, I mean, we all talk about how bad the current age is and the current Z group and the current this. And the reality is we hide the talent. Who care? And I'm trying not to hide the talent. Yeah. The more young people you meet, the more I want to keep working. Huh. Well, you just just think about some of the people we were with Don a couple weeks ago. I mean, someone like Margaret Fortune. Tom, she is the founder of what six or seven charter schools. That's right. Yeah. Amazing woman, Margaret. I mean, yeah. Hanging out with Margaret for a couple of days got me pretty excited. Yeah. 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 I mean, this, and, and when I look at Margaret and say, she is a kid, she's mid-40s. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also saying, when I talk about young people, they're 28. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's great. I mean, I will say where it's hard, and, and kids you meet with, young people who are really doing this work, and they begin talking about how, how, who their parents are, and they're younger than me. So what I'm realizing <laughs> is, you know, uh, I, I really am different, but I love this work. <laughs> That's great, Don. That is. And literally, I will say, Tom, to yep. you and Rob, I mean, if there's if there's a great Catholic sector, some part in the country that you both like, and they want to do something innovative, I'll join you there. I don't okay. care where it is. Good. It's Rio Valley in Texas or somewhere in Arizona or Florida. I'd love it. Great. Thank you. Yeah. That's great, Dan. Well, we, we uh, conclude every episode of the next class with one final question that we don't prepare you for. And this question is, who is your greatest teacher and why? Oh, boy. It's such a great question. I... I would say, ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two. Uh, who Please are your? As for one, he gives me two. Yeah, your your informal uh, folks who make you smarter. Let me do two. The first was my uh, my first principal, who's a great Catholic from Wisconsin who went to Marquette and was the kind of principal you really wanted someone uh, that I certainly wanted who was pushing about doing new stuff. So, you know, he passed away a number of years ago, 
but I just uh, just loved him yeah. as Principal D. Simone. And then I will also say a, a, a name you would both know. I know you would know, Rob, that uh, in uh, 1997, I met this young man uh, who came to the event when I got the chance to introduce uh, the principal, I mean, the, the president, uh, President Clinton, and met this young guy uh, who hadn't started the company uh, that he did, that, that everyone knows for until a couple of years after I met him. And uh, that is uh, Reed Hastings, who's the, uh, the, the founder of Netflix. Yep. And uh, he has been a terrific, terrific uh, person for me because I now see the role of how important uh, business is around education. Mm. So how important it is to be innovative and how important it is to work independently while you care about everyone. Yeah, I remember Great. Uh, one time we were in Aspen down and it was tons of snow and we were walking down into town for dinner and I walked with Reed and was blown away by his inquisitiveness. Yes. He was asking all about Christ Ray and Catholic schools and, you know, he, I don't think he was very familiar. And he, uh, the, that whole time down, I, I think he just asked me questions the whole time. <laughs> An amazing guy, Rob. Yeah. And look, I'd probably be, look, I, I, could, I could talk to a ton of other individuals because I think part of our value is the more people you learn from, the better off we are. Right. Even if it's a different point of view. Yep. Well, yeah. Don, that's a great comment to close on, especially on this election eve. This will be dropped in a few weeks, so we're we're not going to be as relevant. But uh, you're right. If if we could learn from the other point of view, and and learn from as many people as possible, I love that as a closing closing. Absolutely. Comment. Yeah, I I I'm so grateful the work that you are both doing, and I just. I would have a better year in 2023 if we could do something together in a Catholic space. All right. The challenge is done. And, and to all Good. our listeners, if that challenge from Don gets you excited, you know where to reach me and Tom. So, Absolutely. Tom, uh, thank you so much for joining us in the next class. Tom, good to see you. It is kind of interesting. We're in three different time zones. Don's got the sun beginning to set in California. It's pretty it's, much gone here in Chicago, and it's and it's dark where I am in the East Coast. So, but <laughs> all right, the world uh, we live in. Thank you, I, thank you both so much, and I'm so glad we're having this conversation during the Thanksgiving season. So. There you yes. go, That's beautiful. Thank you, Don. <laughs> thank you all. Have a good evening, and okay. we hope to see you at the next class.